Hello, and welcome to Thank You for Toilet Paper, a history of the little things, a podcast where we talk about a few things to be grateful for and the history and stories behind them. I'm your host, Elizabeth Miller. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's get going. These days where I live, it is starting to get hot in between the days when the weather suddenly cools back down and part of the state gets snow. Like, aside from that, But for the most part, hot summer weather is gearing up when it isn't snowing, which means that we have a plethora of summertime activities ahead of us. As a kid, one of the staples of summertime fun was the popsicle. These came in a wide variety of styles, from the ever-classic and reliable Otter Pop, which was essentially frozen sugar water in a plastic tube that you could break up, chew, or melt with the heat of your hand and devour, to the more intricate and enviable popsicles and ice cream bars that were shaped like cartoon characters like Mickey Mouse, Spider-Man, or the one that I always think of first is the yellow SpongeBob popsicle. One of the best popsicles, in my opinion, was a staple of elementary school. Sometimes you'd get these at the end of the year, and they were definitely the ones that I wanted to stock up on in the fridge. They were rocket-shaped red, white, and blue popsicles. The blue claimed to be some sort of berry flavor, although I could never tell, and the red was, of course, either a strawberry or cherry, and the white was, in my opinion, the best part because it was lemon flavor, and that was always my favorite. Leaving us with terrifyingly dyed red mouths and disastrously sticky fingers, popsicles made summertime all the more fun, and the heat all the more bearable. So for all the memories they've given us, the clothing they may have ruined, and the last days of school they graced, it's time for a little bit of gratitude for one of the things that makes the heat bearable and summertime great, the popsicle. While there are many frozen treats various cultures and countries have enjoyed around the world, from ancient Rome and ancient China to modern-day shaved ice desserts around the world, today we're going to focus just on the popsicle, but we will come back at another time to further explore the world of frozen sweets. So who had the great idea for a treat that left kids even more hyper during the summertime with all that sugar water? Well, it would, of course, have to be another kid. An 11-year-old boy by the name of Frank Epperson is responsible for all that sugary fun. A kid from San Francisco back in 1905, Epperson was making soda water, mixing the powder for a soda with water and accidentally left the concoction outside overnight, including the stirring stick. In the morning, it had all frozen over, as the night had been a cold one. And Epperson tried his accidental invention of this now frozen sweet treat and loved it. He started selling the new treat around the neighborhood and named them Epsicles. In 1923, Epperson took his treat to the beach and began selling them at Neptune Beach and an amusement park. The amusement park had garnered the nickname of the West Coast Coney Island. Around this time at Neptune Beach, snow cones also got their start. It seems it was the place to be for cool treats. Prior to the Great Depression, business was good for Epperson. In 1924, Epperson applied for a patent for his sweet, cool treat. In his patent, Epperson also made recommendations for the best kind of stick to be made from either birch, poplar, or wood bass wood. Later, it was Epperson's own kids that asked him to change the name to what they themselves called the sweet treat. They called it Pops Sickle, or Popsicle. While this is one of the stories, there are different sources that say the invention of the popsicle went down just a little differently. Unfortunately for Epperson, however, he went broke and was forced to sell the rights for the popsicle to Joe Lowe Company in the 1920s. The Joe Lowe Company took the popsicle to nationwide success. During the Great Depression, they also introduced a two-stick version of the popsicle to get more bang for your buck when times were hard. The two-stick popsicle sold at five cents. Joe Lowe Company, however, soon saw competition from Good Humor, which sold ice cream covered in chocolate on a stick. 
Joe Lowe Company sued and the court ruled that Joe Lowe Company could sell water-based popsicles while Good Humor got the ice cream on a stick. Joe Lowe Company tried testing the waters again with a milk-based popsicle and got into another legal battle in court, and the companies went back and forth for a while trying to legally define popsicles, sherbet, and ice cream. Unilever bought the Popsicle Company in 1989 and later bought Good Humor as well, ending the feud and expanding popsicles even further. Popsicles, the word itself used to describe products, is fiercely protected by Unilever. Unilever threatened legal action when a Brooklyn ice pop company used the word popsicle on their blog in 2010, according to Shelley Pope's article for NPR entitled How an 11-Year-Old Boy Invented the Popsicle. This was written in 2015. Today, around 2 billion, with a B, billion popsicles are sold every year. And the most popular flavor among those 2 billion? Well, it appears that that title belongs to cherry-flavored popsicles. Whether you're enjoying a homemade blend of frozen juice or soda, or have bought a popsicle or other frozen pop or ice cream from the store, hopefully you enjoy both your frozen treat and the memories that come with it to keep you cool in the heat come the warmer months. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a marvelous day. Take care. Thank you.